The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey, this is Kirk Cousins, live at the Senior Bowl with Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and I should mention the podcast also today brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, where you can use promo code ROSTER for a deposit bonus of up to $100 uh, if you use the promo code ROSTER. Again, 100% deposit bonus up to $100. They still have the Best Ball Mania 3 contest going on right now, where it is $1 million to second place, $2 million to first place, $1 million to the winner for the regular season. I can't believe that there are going to be three millionaires in this contest. Go get into it, Underdog Fantasy promo code roster. All right, we've brought him back. My favorite guest we've ever had. He, You can hear back his story from episode 351. His name is John Creasel. He is a all-around I – mean, he's a motivational speaker. He is a – veteran he's an ex-minnesota congressman he has an incredible story he's a contributor to k-fan up there a maniacal follower of the minnesota vikings john what the hell's going on brother how are you oh dude i'm doing i'm doing great and i can't thank you enough for taking some time out of your busy schedule here to hop on the pod i know you're about to head out for a family trip you're just back from you know all your speaking engagement how how many of these speaking engagements do you do every year about i mean it's like it feels like you're i follow you on instagram and twitter it feels like every week you're somewhere new man it's crazy. yeah it's about 50 to 60 <laughs> oh goodness i have to balance because i have a full-time job yeah. and and then i do my speaking engagements so i use my vacation time at my full-time job for my speaking engagements and so I have to balance it out to make sure I can take the family on a couple of vacations. Otherwise, speaking engagements will be no more. I don't want that. So right, and and the and the thing is, if you look on, we'll talk about. It. If you look at your website, man, you uh, at stillstanding.com is where you can is or uh, John 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 is where you can get the book. His book is still standing, and um, at johncreasel.com is where you can go and kind of you know check out his story but you read all the clips and all the links you have from there and you know it's like you've done this for so many so many different companies just running the gamut i want to talk to you about in a second but before i do can you just kind of like i said people can listen back to episode 351 to kind of hear your story and your origin story about sort of how you came into this motivational speaking and how your life how your life changed um 
can you just, I don't want you to go, I have to have to go through it again, you sure. know, you've, but if you can just kind of give the, is, is it something, can, can you give something like, I hate to say cliff notes for something such, such an important seminal moment in your life, but can you give like the quick, just for anybody that hasn't heard that episode? You bet. So uh, in December of 2006, while on a patrol with, uh, with some of my uh, fellow soldiers uh, near Fallujah, Iraq, we hit a 200 pound improvised explosive device killed two of my best buddies. I lost both of my legs in the blast. And, and uh, really that day changed my life. It, it taught me what was really, truly important in life. And when I woke up from my eight-day medically induced coma and realized that I had lived, um, I, I was just thankful to be alive. I remember being on the ground, seeing my injuries, and being convinced that I was going to die. I was certain that I was not going to make it. Somehow I survived. My friends helped save my life. Uh, and then the doctors continue to help save my life. And so that really has shaped my life moving forward. It makes me appreciate, you know, every day I wake up and hop into the shower, literally, and then uh, put my pants on my legs and then put my legs on <laughs> every day like like you all do, I'm sure. Uh, it's a reminder of that day and a reminder I never want to forget. You know, today's it, a gift. To, tomorrow's never promised. So it's up to us to make today great. So I use that. I use a lot of humor because that's humor helped me get through what I've gotten through and Truly, at this point in my life, I just feel blessed. The, the The only PTSD I have is from my first marriage and from the Minnesota Vikings. Those are the two things that that give me PTSD. Um, so I'm a very lucky guy, and and I enjoy sharing my story and really kind of how I got through what I did and how it applies to every everyday life for anyone, whether it's a business, whether it's individual in the community, just all of that good stuff. And so that all happened to you when you were you know, a, a, a younger man fighting in the military. Now you're, a, now you're a husband and a dad and everything else. Um, how did, uh, I didn't, I didn't ask you this in the interview notes, but like, could, I mean, how did you get into, when you got back, what was the timeline? Like, like, did you go right into public service? Did you go into the private sector? Like, well, how long did you take during your re, I guess I never asked you before, like how long did the rehab take and everything? Like, I guess, are you still having to do rehab? Like, how does that all work? How does yeah, that so work? I had nine months uh, that I spent at Walter Reed from when I arrived there uh, eight days after my blast, or maybe it was like seven or six days. Gets mixed up as far as w with that medically induced coma. Um, and then I, I came home at the end of the summer of, of 2007. So it was about nine months of recovery and rehabilitation. I could have stayed there longer and learned other things too, like skiing and swimming and all that. Um I just wanted to get back to Minnesota and start my life. You know, you spend so much time at the hospital preparing to live your new, new normal um, that I just wanted to get after it and say, all right, physically I'm where I need to be to get back there. And there was some stuff that I had to keep working on for a bit, but um, yeah, it was nine months. Then I got back. I medically retired from the military. So they treated as if, if you served 20 years. So their military has been great to me. The VA has been great to me. From there, I went into a job working as a marketing contractor for the Minnesota National Guard. We helped uh, set up marketing deals with the Minnesota Wild uh, hockey team, Minnesota Vikings. That was mm -hmm. the year Brett Favre uh, came here for the one year of fun before uh, the game, you know, NFC title game ended like all the rest of them, you know, in heartbreak. But uh, <laughs> then from there, I went into, I served in the Minnesota legislature. I was elected, served one term. I decided not to run for reelection. 
And then I wrote a book about my, my life story with, with my friend, Jim Cosmo. He wrote the story still standing. And then that then turned into public speaking because people wanted to hear the story firsthand. And that took off probably 2012, 2013. And it's just continued to, I keep expecting it to taper off, yeah. but it, 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 it <laughs> I mean, I've, I've got it down for the year. Basically we're booking, for 2023 now, well into 2023. So I can't believe it. Uh, life is just life. Life is just crazy like that. If you keep your head up, smile, then uh, you kind of allow good things to happen to you if you have the right attitude. Well, and, and just and we'll talk football here in a minute. But, but I mean, we got John Creasel on here. I got to. I, I mean, I got to. I got to talk to the guy about what he knows best about. It's like if you. It says like in the write ups that people write about you in newspapers and stuff that have seen your speeches, right? What everybody always says, intensely positive attitude. And to me, I just think like, man, what a gift, what a gift it is to have that. What a gift it is to be able to teach it because it seems like, it seems like, well, first of all, what does that even mean to you? Like, what does that mean to you to have an intensely positive attitude? Do you agree that that's a good way to describe you? I think so. And, and I appreciate it. It's, I, I look at that as a compliment. Um, it, it's, I think it's just not, it's focusing on what you can control. You know, bad things happen to us. We have rough days, you know, extra work might get piled on us at the end of the day or before we're about to go on vacation or whatever it is. Um, it, focus on what you can control, you know, what you can control, focus on trying to stay positive. Do, and I think what, People get so stressed out nowadays, and if you look over Twitter, Facebook, everything, everyone's riddled with anxiety and fears and all of that, which I think a lot of it's the unknown. And when, when things happen to us, if you just go, oh, my gosh, ah, let it mm-hmm. overwhelm you, of course that kind of thing is going to be the result. Instead of just saying, all right, i got to get my head down and focus on what I'm going to do, come up with a plan. And then it's not the unknown. It's not as scary. It's not as, as, as terrifying you know, and that's that's how I got through what I did. When I woke up at the hospital, I had my goal. I said, I'm going to walk again. They said, you might not because my pelvis was shattered so much, but I had my plan. I knew what type of prosthetics I'd be able to wear. I knew what I had to do. And these doctors and physical therapists taught me what I had to do to get through it. That made it a lot less scary because I was focused on what was ahead of me rather than what was behind me. And I think a lot of people, you know, and we live in an Instagram world where we're looking at everyone else's life. Social media is a helpful tool, but it's not real life. We look at Instagram, each of those photos probably took 20 takes, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, oh, I didn't get the right angle or this, or we're posting the best moments of our life on there, which is cool. That's kind of what it's for. But people then think that that's reality and that their life is not as good as the person they're following on social media because that person might take better photos or be better about posting it instead of really focusing on their own life and being thankful for the blessings in their life. And, and so I feel like whenever you think about this positivity and the people who could need it, right there to me, it feels like there's two types. Maybe the, the first type is what about the people that want to be positive, but it's like, you just kind of forget it. It's not like, it's not something that, it just feels like what if you're just going through your life and things are fine? Like, I know what you're saying. Do, do, do you have any tips for people to remember to be positive in, in their lives? Are there any tips or tricks? 
Yeah. So w- one thing I recommend is, you know, on those, cause we all have tough days when I, I, I'm an intensely positive person, but I have my days. We all have our days. It's fine. You know, one of those nights where I maybe don't sleep well, maybe don't feel well or the weather's bad or whatever. When I wake up on those mornings and it's just kind of like, Oh man, today's a rough one. And I, I, I try to be good about this. And I, I usually am because of what I've been through in my life is take a post-it note, write three to five things in your life. Or even if you, at, at the end of a rough day, take three to five things in your life, write those down in the post-it note, whether it's husband, wife, son, daughter, kids, grandkids, uh, upcoming trip, something, take that post-it note, put it on your bathroom mirror. That's the first thing you see when you start your next day. And I'll tell you what a positive thought in the morning sets the tone for the entire day. And that's, that's really it is that, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm not thankful for what I went through in Iraq. I wish that didn't happen, but I know that all the wishing in the world isn't going to change what happened. So I look at the bright side of things. That's what I try to do is I'm thankful for the lessons that I've learned through that incident. And it helps me keep things in perspective on days where I've got a ton of stuff that I have to do um, or just maybe things don't go as planned. Or the other day, for instance, we're in Iowa and I found a little Paw Patrol toy in my pocket. I was like, oh, Chloe, your toys. I, and, and I gave it to her as we're getting into my truck. She goes up to the brand new truck that I got and just <laughs> <laughs> scratches the hell out of it. I was frustrated, of course, but she's a toddler. She doesn't know what she was doing. That's just the way. I didn't know what was going to happen when I gave it to her <laughs> for about. And my wife, I think, thought I was much more mad because I love that new truck. Mm-hmm. I just for about five to 10 minutes. And just was like, what are you going to do? It's just one of those things. It's no big deal. It's an, it's an little item or it, it's, it's a vehicle that yes, that's important, but not in the grand scheme of life. And I just reminded myself, I, I took the advice that I give other people during my motivational spe- speeches. And within a couple of minutes, I'd forgotten about it. I've since buffed it out and it looks great again, but um, little stuff though. It's, it's, and I try not to compare what I've been through to what other people been through. There could be someone has, they didn't meet their sales goal for that week. That could be the worst thing that ever happened to them in the past five years. Mm. That could just be devastating to them. Or I look at that and go, well, it could be much worse. And so that's the key also is not measuring our stuff because we could always look at someone who has it worse. And that's not very helpful either. It's more important to look at the things in our life and the people in our life and the joys we have and focus on those. And then when you do have a bad day, it's nothing but a little bump in the road because you're, you know, you're focused on the good. Instead of waiting until the holidays to do the personal inventory, we should be doing that year round. Yeah. And the, and the post-it note, do you, whenever you write that, is just the act of writing it enough yeah. or do you, or, or do you take it with you during the day or put it so leave it up there. And uh, then when you see it in the morning, that's when you need it the most is to start your day. You know, if you flip on, I used to, and I, I watch the news every day, but in the morning, if I flip flip on the news when I'd be on the treadmill or whatever, and it's a lot of times it's overnight stuff that happened, bad, car accident, killed two people, murder overnight, this, not great stuff. That's why I turn on Sports Center or NFL mm-hmm. Network or whatever, just mindless stuff to start the day instead of starting it off just going, oh my goodness, that's a tragedy. And it doesn't mean... <laughs> To, to block everything out and be uninformed, but there's a time and place for it. So the morning is the time to really start your day off on the right foot. 
if you have feet. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. But what if, what if, all right. So what about this? Then the other, and 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 then we'll talk talk Vikings. But just what about on the what about on the other side of it? Like what about the people who have the not just like the woe is me didn't meet my sales goal this week. Uh, you know the guys that need the post-it note. Maybe what or maybe these people do. What are the people who really are? They're like. Like they're going through the like they're like they're going through the slog. Like it, things are have gone bad. I feel like you know if if you live through times like that of, of bad personal tragedy, I've personally found it's kind of hard to develop a positive outlook. Do you have any tips or tricks for people who actually are in the slog and they're kind of in the you know not the fog of war, but the proverbial sort of fog of war? Any tips or tricks for those kinds of people? Try as best as you can to to laugh. The, to, the ability to laugh at yourself and and have a positive uh, sense of humor, just a sense of humor, ability to laugh at yourself. That's really what got me through what I did. And then um, sometimes stuff gets so bad that all you can do is just shake your head and laugh and just know that you will get through it. It might feel like it's never going to end, whatever your adversity is. But then once you go through it and you have that right attitude and that right, you don't let that adversity cripple you and change who you are um, except maybe for the better if you have the positive attitude sense of humor the right attitude and you get through it and you look back on that adversity you will have grown because of that adversity and then you can reflect on it and learn from it it makes you a, a stronger person instead of just being so crippled by it and again nobody going through adversity is like you know what this is a really good time I'm enjoying this um but you get through it. You know, I, when I got back from Walter Reed and I started my career and I thought life was perfect. I was like, all right, life is good. Then I ended up getting a divorce because I found out some stuff and was like, okay, that would have probably been the worst thing that ever happened to me if it hadn't been for that bomb mm-hmm. blast. So that helped me get, uh, get perspective on it. But at the same time, just the way I'm wired, I, I use humor as a diffuser, um, and that's really sometimes you just laugh. I use humor about it because it's funny. And you know what? I got through it, even though at the moments I'm like, this is never going to end. This mm-hmm. is I'm going to be stuck in this purgatory the rest of my life. It did end. And my life is so much better now having gotten through it. And the key was then I wasn't a, a sour puss and uh, woe was me, poor me. Yeah, it sucked going through it. That was it was awful. But I had the right attitude and I still tried to be upbeat and just kind of laugh about it when it got so bad. And then that allowed me to meet a new woman and I'm happily married now, got an awesome daughter. If I had been this grumpy, poor me, played the victim card, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be with my wife now because no one would want to be with someone like that. And, and so I, it's trying to allow good things to happen to you, keeping yourself surrounded as best as you can by a small group of very good supportive people. And then the right attitude and those people, you can get through anything in life, anything in life. Even if you think you can't, even if you think this is the worst moment of your life, you hang in there, you'll get through it and look back on it and you'll be a better, stronger person ever after having gone through it. Well, and it's such a powerful message. And I wonder, like I said, I look on your website and it's a who's who of organizations who've had you as a speaker. And it's like, it's not, I mean, it's big ones. It's things like Target. I mean, it's, you know, but then it's also like Boy Scouts or like like sales, 
you talk to a group of salesmen or you talk to a group of like execs, like, do you have to cater your message or like, it, do you, do you say like, well, all right, well, here's how you apply it to you or what you're doing. Like, or is it just, do you understand what I'm saying? Um, I do. Yes. Is it the, is there an overriding principle that goes with everybody or is, or is there something, something different for everybody to sort of take away from, from your story? The majority, the bulk of my message uh, applies to people, whether they're a teenager or whether they're a 60-year-old business executive or a grandmother or grandfather. It, 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 the message is generally the same. It's about attitude. It's about, uh, it's about the power of positive thinking, about having a sense of humor, and about really perspective and how we view our own lives and how we should view our lives. Um, I, I tailor certain parts of it based on the group. Um, you know, if it's a youth group, I don't get into the gory details about what my legs look like or the, the fact that I could hear myself bleeding uh, into the sand, stuff like that. I, I, I will censor it a little bit. But the overriding message that regardless of the things that happen to us, we, we often can't control those things, but we always can control how we respond. And attitude is a choice. It is 100 percent a choice. If you wake up in the morning and decide that it's going to be a bad day, you're going to get your wish, 100% chance. Uh, conversely, if you wake up and say, I'm going to make it a great day, you will, regardless of what happens to you, that attitude that you start your day with, that sets the tone. And then little things that happen to you, brush them off your shoulder because you got the right attitude about it. And that's, that's kind of the key takeaway. But I use humor throughout because it's obviously a tragic story, you know, with the loss of my two friends, it's, it's, just going through it definitely wasn't very fun. And so I make sure to inject humor because that's how I got through it, but also to let the audience know that that is really what will get you through this stuff and that it is okay to laugh. I want them to look at this as an uplifting, positive story, not something of, of extreme tragedy that hangs a cloud over their head the rest of that day. The 2022 Roster Watch Cheat Sheet is available now at rosterwatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet that changed fantasy football forever is back only at rosterwatch.com. Winning fantasy players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software that's impossible to navigate. The Roster Watch cheat sheet. All you have to do is follow the three simple rules. That's it. Three rules. Guys, it couldn't be easier. The Roster Watch cheat sheet. An expert quality draft is always guaranteed. The Roster Watch cheat sheet. It's only at rosterwatch.com. So the importance of positivity, positive outlooks. What is the what is the what what is the outlook right now of, of Vikings fans <laughs> that you observe? Is there positivity to the Vikings fan base finally heading into a season now with some of these exciting additions and a, and a new staff, a whole a, basically a whole new regime? There is. There's a a lot of positivity. Now I Full disclosure, I was a big Zimmer guy when, when he got hired. I was I was campaigning for his hire. Uh, I just like that hard-nosed, uh, old-school mentality that we needed, that I think the Vikings needed after having Leslie Frazier, who was a great coach, great defensive mind. But there's a lot of stuff that went on on that team that just kind of – he was a little bit what I thought too laid back. Maybe that's just the military in me speaking. But – I thought Zimmer was what this team needed at that time, and I think he was. Completely flipped the team 180, went to a hard-nosed brand of defensive football, became kind of a run-first team. 
that wore thin. And it was a mostly, I think, every other year until last the past two years, uh, the, the Vikings made the playoffs under his, his leadership. But then last year didn't make it year before. So that was the first time in his tenure back-to-back that they missed the, the, the uh, playoffs. There was the deep run in 2017. So it had its moments, but it got old. And even as a diehard Vikings fan, I watch every game. Uh, Mike Zimmer is a lot of the reason why I think the Sunday ticket was worth every penny that I've been paying for it because I like to watch those other games. And in a copycat league, it's tough sitting there watching your team basically behave like it's the original Techno Techmo Bowl. Mm-hmm. Three to five plays, it seemed like, while everybody else is new and innovative, or not everybody else, but many the Rams and some mm-hmm. of these, you know, and and I wanted that, and our whole fan base wanted that, and really, now we got our wish, and we can see with the weapons on this team, was it coaching? We will soon find out. Really, was it coaching? Because there's not many new faces on this team uh, right now compared to when Mike Zimmer was leading them. And so we're going we're gonna to absolutely see it. Uh, Vikings have the, the best quarterback they've had since Dante Culpepper, because I don't really count that Brett Favre year. Uh, a lot of things have been uh, the offensive line, I think, has been a big issue in holding, holding this offense back. But the offense has been very good. The problem has been defense. So we will see. I'm excited to see what they do on the offense. But really what's going to matter to this team more is what they do on defense. If they are okay on defense, this is a team that can go into the playoffs and maybe even win a playoff game. Yeah, well, and and of course, you know, Kevin O'Connell comes over from the Rams. They, they, all the comparisons now are like, well, the Rams had this guy. Could this guy be like this version of him? Um, but you talk about the defense. and I mean, in the NFC North this year, I mean, doesn't it seem like the NFC North feels about as wide open as you can really ever remember because you have Aaron Rodgers still in the division. I mean, he's never hard. He's that's never an easy out, but I mean, the, the weapons there are just very good. You look at the bears and you just like literally, I mean, my wife is really into football. If I asked her right now who a player on the bears offense was, she might not even be able to answer. Right. You know what I mean? Like um, Detroit, they look like they could be better, but it's still kind of Detroit. I, I wonder if you feel the same way. If things feel pretty, I mean, it feels like you're coming into a pretty wide open division. It, it does feel more wide open than it has in the past, but let's be clear that even though we have all this excitement and optimism here in Minnesota as a fan base, this is still this as long as Aaron Rodgers is under center for Green Bay, it is their it is their division to lose. Really, at that at, at this point, and now they've lost Devontae Adams. That is a huge loss. Oh, he did that receiving core was him, and then nobody else basically. It cost them a, a, a run to the title game or uh, to the they they would have made the NFC championship game if he didn't just focus in on Devonta Adams. But he was so stubborn and didn't trust his other receivers that he could, would throw into double triple coverage. Mm-hmm. So, yes, Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks that has ever played this game. He is a thorn in the side of the Vikings for, but this team traditionally has played him pretty tight. A lot of it was Mike Zimmer's scheme worked on Aaron Rodgers. They had that chess match that worked. I don't know how it's going to work now with this new regime. Uh, and and with them having lost, I think they lost six starters. Of course, they've taken a step back. And I feel like the Vikings have taken a step forward. But that gap, I mean, they won the division by five games last year. I still think 
in his Green Bay's division. Could the Vikings win it? Absolutely. I don't think the Vikings are going to make a run at a Super Bowl, but they could win the NFC North. I still think it's Green Bay. Now, as far as the others, I think the Lions are on the right path. They're fun to watch. I love their leadership. Um, they had a hell of a draft, yeah. partially thanks in part to the Vikings making that trade, helping them out. I don't know why they did that, but um, they're headed in the right direction. Bears are in a full rebuild. So I do think it is a two-team race for the NFC North, and I think Green Bay will will win it, but it will be closer than in the previous couple of years. Are, are you buying all? Are you buying the hype on on Dalvin Cook? What are your friends at the radio station say? Like, what are they saying up there about Dalvin? All this stuff? Oh, because they're saying they're using him more split out. They're going to get him the ball more. Um, you would generally think if a, if if a team says they're or they indicate they're not going to be as run heavy anymore, that might be intuitively you think that's bad for the running back, especially if you're playing fantasy. But I, I think for Dalvin, it might not be. I mean, do you, do you think that he could have a big season upcoming like some people are, are hoping for? And do, do you do you think he can, he, he can stay healthy? Do you have any take on the whole, you know, Dalvin Cook versus Christian McCaffrey debate about <laughs> these guys? You know, if there's one guy that's more injury prone or, but they both have just had, they both had trouble staying healthy playing for a, playing, playing for a full season, despite being just such incredible right. athletes. And Christian McCaffrey, when it comes down to the durability, Christian McCaffrey played all 16 games You know, back when it was a, a 16-game schedule his first three years. Dalvin Cook has yet to play a full season. His rookie year, he, he tore his ACL early, I think, four games mm-hmm. in. Yep. And then I think the most he's played is 14 games, and it's been 13 a couple times. He can't stay healthy. And it seems to be all over the place, shoulder, uh, hands. Right, grip. right. Uh, knee ankle kind of all over the place now that could be in part just to over usage because the Vikings the previous leadership Mike Zimmer made it known to everyone in the press conferences even we need to be running the ball more running the ball we'd be down by four and I say we because of course I am on the Vikings Um, (laughs) Vikings would be down 14 points 17 points in the fourth quarter and he's still run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And it just, it got exhausting. Also, on on your, your probably your most important player besides quarterback, because when Dalvin's on the field, it changes everything. And so having him on the field is important. And when you're wearing him down, especially down the stretch in games that are, the running game isn't going to get you back in it, it got old. So I'm curious to see how the new leadership, how Kevin O'Connell and the rest of the staff how they're going to keep Dalvin on the field. Is it going to be more of, like you said, spreading them out for, you know, wheel routes, whatever, instead of just pounding them up the middle. I would, I would love to see it. I would love to see it. He is so fun to watch run the ball. He, he is so fun to watch run the ball, but he we need him in the game. That is that is the key. The team is much more dangerous. That offense is much more dangerous, much more versatile when he's in. Alexander Madison is a very capable running uh, uh, backup running back but he is not on the same level as Dalvin Cook. And when he's in the game and Dalvin's out, completely changes how the defense looks at that team. Do you, do you think that this, do you think that this whole thing about the narrative with uh, Justin Jefferson taking on the Cooper Cup role, if that happens, is Justin Jefferson just like in fantasy, the smash number one wide receiver? I mean, because you look I, – I was looking at it, you know, that he wasn't that far off in targets last year. Right, he had like 130? 
It was one sixty seven to one ninety one or something, right? Yeah. So I, I, yeah, some, it was somewhere in the one. It was one somewhere in the one sixties. It might have been one sixty seven. Might have been one sixty two. I don't remember exactly. I think you. I think you might have it one sixty seven. But still, man, it just it just feels when I when I hear that you get the same Cooper Cup role and your name's Justin Jefferson, um, my ears perk up and I say I say, oh my god, that's like the super receiver, right? You know, and it, and that's the fun part about this this part of the summer too, when we're getting ready for training camp mm-hmm. and the optimi- you know the the injury the the wounds of last year start mm-hmm. to heal, and we can focus on the next <laughs> season and start to get excited. Um, but what I think, it, Kevin O'Connell is a brilliant offensive mind. Obviously, he knows that this team, this offense, is very different than the one he just left and the one that he designed out there. So I don't think that there is a perfect plug and play with Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup. Uh, Justin Jefferson in his current role in the so-called run first offense that the Vikings had had for the past couple of years, he was thriving. I mean, he is mm-hmm. 1,200 yards shy of breaking the NFL record for most yardage, uh, receiving yardage in the first like three years of his of a career. He'd break Randy Moss's record. He should have broke Randy Moss's record last year, but Zimmer was being a stubborn jerk about it mm-hmm. and that meaningless game. So I think he's going to have a massive year. I think he's going to have a better year now uh, this season than he did previously. Is it going to be Cooper Cup like? I don't. That was a pretty historic season. I don't think Cooper Cup is going to have another season like that again. That's going to be tough to replicate. And of course, every team in the NFL is going to try and copy that and do the same thing. And defenses are going to find a way to stop it. Do you think Adam Thielen is, is is on his way out? I mean, he's 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 going to be thirty two. Do, uh, do you still think he's got a few good years in him? He does. He his game isn't predicated so much on speed as it is on precise route running, and generally those careers last longer. Think back to Chris Carter and your other guys that can just precise quarterback in trouble knows exactly where that guy is without even looking. He can drop one in there for him. Uh, he missed I think four games last year. Still had almost a hundred targets. There's still there's plenty of football to go around in this offense, especially Tyler Conklin left. That's 87 targets gone. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. But you, you've got Justin Jefferson taking a lot of focus away from Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen's gonna have room to run around and, and make some plays this year. Um, and again, I don't, I don't think he's lost his step. It sounds like in the uh, workouts he's healthy. His ankle surgery went well, so. As long as he can stay healthy, he's a guy that he's got such a good rapport with Kirk Cousins that he's kind of the safety valve uh, now that Kyle Rudolph has been gone for a couple of years. So I I don't think, of course, he is on the backside of his career, but uh, I don't think he will be making $11 a season moving forward. But uh, he definitely is a top-tier receiver and has a place in this offense for a couple more years at least. So the Justin Jefferson fantasy owners are going to get to keep tilting all these Adam Thielen touchdowns. <laughs> it's, oh God, they, yeah. they definitely love him down there, man, for, for sure. All right, John, we have uh, – I just have these this last question about the NFC North I want to ask you. But first, I just want to remind everybody to please, please, please go give John a follow on Twitter, at John Creasel. That's K-R-I-E-S-E-L. Uh, you can find him at johncreasel.com. Get the book still standing. Uh, if your organization is interested in a great speaker the, who can relate to anybody who's a ton of fun, who has a, I mean, listen back to the episode 351 of this podcast just to get a little taste of his story 
and uh, what he could bring to your organization with his uh, with his with his motivational speaking. We ask Roster Watch Nation to mobilize, unite, and go follow John Creasel. Okay, uh-huh. and then, uh, d- dude, we 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 appreciate you taking time. I know that co- co- companies pay you big big fees to give you <laughs> to for you for, for for you to come talk for a while. So we really do appreciate you coming on. Um, so before that, also, oh, I got, and I got to do the thing. I got to ask. If you're listening to this, if you're watching on YouTube, please like, um, subscribe, or give us a good rating and a review for the podcast. And also use that promo code at Underdog Fantasy, where you see right up there, a promo code ROSTER for 100% deposit bonus. Okay, final question for you here. So it's a three-parter. So you're in the NFC North. You're a huge Vikings fan. I want to know the one guy that scares you on each of these teams in, in division. So the one guy who you go to bed shaking in your, in your boots, I guess, um, <laughs> or with whatever uh, you go. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the one guy that, the, the, the one guy that has you sweating bullets, right. On, 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 yeah. on, on every team. So let's start out with uh, the green Bay Packers. I think I know your answer. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that, that is a no brainer first ballot hall of famer. Uh, he can pull a rabbit out of a hat. He's uh frustrating as hell to watch but also enjoyable to watch just I, I don't like when uh we're facing off against him so definitely him did you just one quick question do you do you, did you get to see any of the uh did, did you get to see any of the rookie christian watson who they drafted have you gotten a look at him or kind of heard anything know. about the, uh, he'll be an interesting one to he'll be an interesting one to 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 watch um maybe one day he'll be it's one of these guys uh, I will be there yelling yeah. my ass off. It will be uh it should be a fun opening weekend. Maybe maybe he'll be one of these guys that'll maybe he'll be one of these guys that'll that'll scare you at some point in the future. Yeah. Or 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 he, or he could be a gigantic bust, but he, he's a big time size speed kind of receiver. So we'll see about Christian Watson. Um all right. The Detroit Lions. Jameson who, Williams. <laughs> you're, you're already sweating over him? Yep. I mean, that I think he's going to be a, an absolute stud. It, it uh, And Jared Goff is not a great quarterback, but he's a serviceable quarterback. That that team, and you got DJ Shark. So I, I think the offense in general is going to be much better. But And the fact also, because we are, like I say, I'm intensely positive, but our – we are fatalists when it comes to Minnesota sport <laughs> and the fact that we traded that pick to the Lions so they could move up and get them. Uh, it felt weird because normally you don't do that with the divisional rival. And we also did it with green Bay uh, later in the draft, but yeah, he is a, <laughs> this is college tape and the FTC is a, he ate that, that conference alive. He is, he's going to be the real deal. So yeah, I, I, he has not played in an NFL regular season game yet. But I, he is one that that I'm concerned about. John Creasel, not only scared about the player Jameson Williams is, but by the circumstances by which they came across him, they could come back to hurt, hurt, hurt everybody's feelings later because they they actually traded that that the help help them get that player. So yeah, that's a good nuance take. And finally, the hardest one I'm going to give you when you look at the Chicago Bears, <laughs> who who is it who scares you the most? Roquan Smith. Yeah, good. He's, he's a stud. Um, yeah, Khalil Mack's gone. So that team, they're in a full rebuild. Uh, but the, there's a couple good linebackers still. So it's – but Roquan is the one that that uh, I guess would kind of keep me up at night. 
it, it in Justin Fields just it in Justin Fields just yet. Not yet. Not yet. I wanted the Vikings to move up and get and They almost did. And after the fact, we find out that they didn't offer enough. But um, I like Kirk, so I'm, I'm glad that we've got Kirk under center. But Justin Fields has all the tools to be good. We will just – we will see. I think the previous coaching staff was holding him back too. So it will be an interesting uh, season to see his development for sure. 